0: Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. And uh, looking forward to this uh, gospel text in this Sunday, the Sunday where we celebrate Holy Mary, uh, Mary of Egypt, and uh, hear this uh, gospel text in which the apostles are requesting to sit at the right hand and the left of the Lord in heaven. Uh, an overarching theme in both these, the life of St. Mary and uh, this con- that the uh, content in, re- in regard to the apostles, the overarching theme is the love of God. God's love for us. It's so important that we understand this, that, that it's a loving God, who has come to give his life as a ransom, not as much for many, but for you, personally. you kind of get that love, we, 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 Christianity then becomes something we kind of step into that's got, a, got substance. But if it's just a set of rules and obligations and things, It it becomes a huge burden. But when it's seen in the context of the love of God, um, I think we see it in a different way. So let me present two things. One, the life of St. Mary uh, and this gift of repentance that God has given to us, Christian people. We'll do that first. O Blessed Mary of Egypt, Every time I hear her story, I can hardly contain myself a bit because it's such an incredible story of a woman who uh, was a prostitute in her early years from the age of 12, repented of that, went to venerate the Holy Cross in Jerusalem, wasn't able to go into the... uh, God prevented her from going into the church to venerate the Holy Cross. She stood before an icon of the mother of God and begged the mother of God to let her go in. Mother of God said, if you repent, you may go in. So she repented of her sins, went in and venerated the cross, went back and thanked the the mother of God before the icon. Uh, And she says, if you cross the Jordan River, you will find true peace. So she was still a young woman. So she went down the hill to the Jordan River, to the, uh, the uh, uh, Monastery of St. John the Baptist, was confessed and communed, took three loaves of bread, and went into the desert and lived there for 48 years. and was miraculously discovered by St. Zosimos when he was on a little pilgrimage in the desert himself, walked out to see this woman. There she is up there, near the Jordan River. It's a beautiful icon of her. And it was was like, there there can't be anybody out here. It's a deserted place. He throws his garment to her, to cover her, and uh, then she describes to him her life that she was a prostitute repented and has lived in the desert for 48 years so he sees this woman uh, coming to him in this in the in the in the night that is a and she is across the other side of the Jordan river she crosses herself and she walks across the Jordan river as on dry land And then one year later, he goes back and communes her in the same place. Miraculously, she comes back at the same place at the same time. And uh, then after communion, she passed away and actually wrote her name in the sand there. He comes back a year later to commune her again, and she finds out her, he finds out her name. Uh, St. Sophronius was the one who actually recorded her life, and she's given this whole week of Lent a beautiful story for us, the gift of repentance. She made a real significant effort to be healed of her sins after her confession. You know, there's one thing we go to God and he forgives. He does forgive. When we say, Lord, forgive me, he forgives. But then there's sometimes because the sin can be so great, there's so many wounds that the sin creates, there needs to be some ascetic effort that follows that. So her effort, according to the instructions of the mother of God, was to cross the Jordan River and she'll find true peace. And exactly what she did. She was freed after many years of struggle against her passions, freed from her passions to the point that she could levitate, walk on water. I just think it's an incredible story. I just love the story. So for us, Do we need to make an ascetic effort after we get forgiven? Well, we may not need to go into the desert for 48 years. Well, maybe some of you do. But there is an important thing here that when when we sin, that there's a wound the sin creates in us. God forgives. That's done. We're pardoned. But then we, there needs to be a cleansing and a healing that follows that pardon. And that needs to be for us that ascetic effort that can be blessed to kind of allow us to uh, be healed of the wounds the sin created. That becomes our effort. We don't practice ascetical effort to be forgiven. You understand that that's god god does that we practice ascetical effort to be healed that's our goal when we wound ourselves in sin there needs to be an effort to heal and the beauty of that is it normally can be given by a father confessor something you can do to help pour salve on the wound it's a very beautiful thing so What I'm saying here is you have an amazing opportunity. One, the gift of repentance. When you sin, what should you do? I don't hear you. Repent. Because what does God give you when you repent? Forgiveness. Is that not a gift or what? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Easter, whatever, all rolled into one. What a gift! When you sin and you repent, what does God give you? Forgiveness. My gosh. Why do we delay so much? Why do we let that sin sit there and fester? Through her prayers, may she help us, Holy Mary. Um, So may we make this effort. May we see this as a a real blessing that God has given to us. The blessing of repentance. The kingdom of God is at hand, beloved. You can enter the kingdom. You can be freed from your sins. You can be healed of your infirmities. Just repent and be forgiven. What a blessing. What a gift this is. I just want to encourage you. To take advantage of the gift of repentance. Okay, on to the gospel text. The apostles. I still think this is an incredible. Here the Lord is, He's taken them through thick and thin. Uh, they've seen miracles, they've seen people uh, healed of blindness, and He describes to them what he's going to go through. I'm going to go into Jerusalem and I'm going to be killed for the salvation of the world. And James and John, still I don't get this. James and John are like the there's three great apostles, Peter, James and John. Well, James and John asked the Lord, "Do for us whatever we desire." That's the first line that blows my mind. It, I, he must have gone Are you kidding me? You know, have you been with me this long? and you're going to ask this question, do for me whatever you desire? Where did this come from? You know, it's almost like he should, get behind me, Satan. You know, but what he does, he forbears. This is such an amazing moment. Because at that moment, there could have been a really serious rebuke. He forbears with them. He gets the fact that they're still struggling with all of this stuff, that this idea of, Being a follower of Christ is still somewhat difficult to understand and it really hasn't come together yet because he hasn't died and risen from the dead. So he kind of, he forbears with them. So this this forbearance that God has, I think is really important for us to understand this. That he forbears with us. That he endures our silly questions. Our uh, kind of, Odd requests. The beauty of this is that he had patience in his forbearance to draw them toward him to actually teach them what it meant to be a follower of Christ. It wasn't a rebuke. It was the forbearance that drew them in to him so he could teach them what it meant to be a follower of Christ. It's very beautiful. Um, He says to them, after describing what he would go through and what they would go through as he follows, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. The first among you must be the servant of all. So he takes them from this question, and without a rebuke, just describing what he's going through, And he lays out to them what it really means to be a follower of Christ. It means to empty yourself to be a servant. And although he didn't say this, I think in a sense we would anticipate this. He says, just watch me now. Watch what I do. Because I'm going to empty myself. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to be put in a grave but I'm going to raise, be raised again from the dead so that you will get this idea of what it means to be a servant. And that this, the power of this moment of, of him sharing to them this being a servant through his forbearance. As God forbears with us, he's forbearing with them to bring them to this place where he says, if you really want to follow me, you must be a servant. If you want to be first, You must be a servant of all. So this powerful moment is is given to us today. To be followers of Christ, we must be servants. We're called to serve one another, to serve God. That is what it means to be a Christian, to be a servant. And and the critical factor of this, as I was contemplating this, we have to take it beyond it being a, um, a command, a, an obligation. Okay, how many want to be followers of Christ? Raise your hands. Everybody's hand be, I better be up right now, by the way. Okay, be a servant. In fact, be a servant of everybody. How did that feel? Really That's that's hard. I'm like, Lord, you're putting a lot on me. Okay, in this context, let me share with you this. Because I think it makes sense from here. If in love you're a servant, it's a very different service. If in love you serve Christ, if in love you serve your brothers and sisters, it's a very different service. If you're just a servant without love, It's a hard thing to do. So, let me encourage you, as I encourage myself, to be a servant in love. So how do we do that? Very simply, love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not act rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. This love, beloved, that you're given by Christ, bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, this love never fails. So in love, in this love that God gives to you, serve one another. Serve Him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.